0: And welcome, everybody, to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. Hello and welcome, everybody. Quick shout out to all my Mahon Mayan girls who get super excited about Parsha with me. <laughs> I'm thinking a lot about you guys. Um, it was really fun. We ask a lot of questions on the Parsha because the Parsha is relevant to our lives today. So it's important to get involved. That was that was, <laughs> that was yesterday's message. Um, so with no further ado, this week's Parsha is Vayera. It's a super packed Parsha. 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 There is so much going on. Um, from Avraham hosting to um, the angels telling Sarah she's going to have a child to Avraham arguing with God to the whole episode in Sodom and then Lot's daughters and then we have what it comes after Lot's daughters is the birth of Yitzchak then the weaning of Yitzchak the expulsion of Yishmael and Hagar, and then Akedas Yitzchak. freaking huge events happening in one Parsha. It's overload. Um, and there's so many questions and so many places we can take this. So I'm wondering what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Um, well, I thought that one of the things that kind of underlies the, um, the different episodes is a little bit of a segue from last week, which was the idea of chosenness. But this week, idea of chosenness is kind of like why Abraham was chosen, which we spoke a little bit about last week.
0: We but ended up saying that <coughs> it wasn't was, any reason, right? Which was actually interesting because I brought that up in class. I was like, you know, we all, everyone, I, I asked, what do, what do we know about Abraham? And people start spouting out the midrashim, you know, like. He was a good person and he, he was the first person to discover monotheism and he destroyed his father's idols and he must have been really special. And I'm like, you know, we actually don't have any, it's not in the text, all these things. It's kind of just, we just are introduced to Avram by Lech Lecha. So I think it's just interesting.
1: So do they agree?
0: It was the end of the class, so at this point, mm-hmm. I just threw it at them as a question, as I usually do. There's just a lot of questions and very few answers.
1: <laughs> well, it, the idea is to get to good questions. I mean, because not every question is, is the same has the same potency. It's Not not every question is so powerful. You could just ask why a million times, but the, the idea is to try to refine the questions so that they really lead you in a direction. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. But I was I just found I was so inspired after the class though with all these questions, I posted on my status that there are fewer things more wonderful than a curious mind. Hmm. It it's I feel like it's it's the the energy behind so much that has happened in the world and what and so much of what will happen. I, if I feel like what we're struggling now is is apathy. Nobody cares. Everyone's too invested in their own world and their own worries and their own dilemmas and and dramas. Very few people care about other things and if they care enough then maybe they'll care like enough to maybe watch a little video about it but I remember you joking where someone asked you a question and you said oh here the answer's in this book. He's like you're what I'm gonna read the whole book. (laughs) I don't think people care enough so I feel like it's so important to just be curious enough to do something about it. And even if you don't do something about it, the, your ability to, ho- to hold on to curiosity, I think, is a big impetus to just discover more, open yourself up more, integrate more, um, find more. I think if you're, if you're looking to, to find and to look, then you'll see more.
1: Well... I wasn't planning on talking about that tonight, but that is one of the characteristics of Avraham Avinu being curious. Mm-hmm. In other words, if, if one would say, why was Avraham Avinu chosen, like we were asking, one answer might be is because he was curious. Um, the way he is described as a person who did not want to st- settle for the status quo. He felt that it was deeply wrong. He felt that pagan culture was deeply flawed for many reasons, and what we understand about him is that he just was curious to know more and more about the natural world until the way the midrash actually kind of exemplifies uh, this 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 uh, this, this young Avraham quest is as, as, as if the. Um, the, the the vision that he comes to is is seeing like the the big castle um, on fire. Fire. Fireball. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> and he and he's asking like basically who put up who who started the fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's so many songs in my mind right now that start with fire.
1: Right. He didn't start the fire.
0: I was thinking about the other one the ring of fire.
1: Great balls of fire. (laughs) Um. So. (laughs) (laughs) We have to start again.
0: No, it's fine. I hope everyone else can laugh with us. I don't know. Anyway. Uh. Fire
1: so so curiosity is definitely what killed the cat
0: what I'm <laughs> just saying that it's a good thing so now you're throwing me off
1: um you never heard that saying curiosity killed the cat
0: yeah but I don't think we're agreeing on this unless we're saying that the cat could be a metaphor to like old beliefs and the old you and kind of give it a little modern twist. That's well, it.
1: curiosity is dangerous. Curiosity is also dangerous. It's risky. It brings you to places that are risky.
0: Mm-hmm. That are
1: new, that are unexplored. Right. Okay, but that's what ultimately pushes the world world forward. Right. Is what you're saying. Yes. The father of monotheism becomes the father of monotheism because he's curious to, to understand how could the, all of the existence be? And he comes to the realization that there must there must be one master of the universe, not many. There's only one. <clears throat> and this master of the universe is beyond all conception and perception. And it's the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, go back to chosenness. Is that where we're going then?
1: Well, there is that, there's that aspect of chosen. Um, I just think that it's interesting that to, for Abraham as a philosopher, is not your typical philosopher. In other words...
0: Is he a philosopher?
1: The Rambam brings Avram Avinu's example as like a philosopher. A philosopher is a person who asks questions because he's curious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A philosopher is a person who loves to know. He loves knowledge. He's on a quest. He needs to know. He's not going to take... Um, getting brushed aside by people that seem to think that they have knowledge, but they really don't, and it's obvious that they don't. And Avraham also was not going to be brushed aside neither by his father or by others that said, you know, kachaze, that's just the way things are. Mm-hmm. And he became a forerunner in, in as, 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 uh, of philosophical uh, inquiry. And the Rambam understands him as such. The interesting thing is, though, whereas when it comes to typical philosophy, a philosopher um, can get to very great heights through philosophy, but then there's a limitation to what philosophy and philosophers normally do. And that is, they stop short at creating relationships and doing for other people.
0: Mm, We were discussing this when you were going to teach... Kuzari um, for the for the seminary. Realm.
1: Right, so so Rabbi Huda Levi makes a big point of making this of of this by making the distinction between the philosopher and the prophet. The philosopher is a person who wants to understand what there is to understand about God, because that in and of itself gives him like that nirvana that he needs. Whereas the prophet wants to establish a relationship with that Creator. The philosopher cannot go beyond. Thinking that the creator is just a first cause and there's nothing to relate to. He's not going to care about you But you can like bask in the understanding of him But there's no relationship there. It's not like he knows you or he cares in the slightest that you exist Mm -hmm. Um, So the interesting thing is is that the understanding of Ramavino is a philosopher who's willing to go the extra mile and say yes I understand God, but I also understand that for God to be God, He must care about His creation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That in itself leads to an interesting place because that makes Avramavino different in the sense that now Avramavino knows that he's in a relationship, and that the things he does matters because God is aware of all the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Once Not only you start is he aware, from that, but He cares, right? But once 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 you're once you start with that premise, so then that's what give religious life its meaning because it's saying what you do actually matters. There's significance to it. There's meaning. There's meaning to life. and There's meaning what you do in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that is where w- philosophy falls short. Philosophy doesn't bring you to that place because it can't see that there is going to be a creator that, that cares Right? Because the idea of asking why would God create anything and coming to a realization that he, he creates something because he wants to give to the creation, that means he wants to be aware of what it is, and he wants to bequeath the humanity, the ability to understand him and to relate to him, that is not philosophical. Philosophers have not come to that. Scientists don't come to that understanding. Avramavidu came to that understanding. And that's what creates the the deed over creed that is Judaism. <clears throat> the great emphasis on what you do with your life, what you think, what you do, what you say.
0: Meaning it's not just enough to believe and have faith. it's It has to be followed by action.
1: Right, right. The religion of action is born out of these basic um, philosophical underpinnings. And it's... Um, It's a big, it's a big issue. It's a big issue because if you really take it to the, to the nth degree, um, you're, (laughs) you can get into a paralysis because like, what is significant about what I do and what is not significant, significant is everything that I do hyper significant because what gives me significance and what I do significance is that God is aware, Right. And there is a meaning to what I do because it either brings me towards him or brings me away from him. So using that as a criteria, what, you know, it's, it puts you on edge a little bit because what about just like goofing around and listening mm-hmm. to music or playing tennis and doing things? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what does that do to your life and you know, your mundane life? Are able to handle the full weight of the ramification of this discovery of Avram Avinu?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's what's scary about Judaism um, to many people, and I think that's why there aren't too, weren't too many Avram Avinu's before Avram Avinu um, and after Avram Avinu as well. Um, Hashem says in the, the, the rec- it's recorded in the parsha that Hashem said about avram that he's going to make him a partner in what goes on in the world
0: in this this question like before god tells him about Sodom. right i found that such an odd place to put that whole conversation it's like how could i not tell Avram what i'm going to do in Sodom? almost like a weird blurb i'm going to bless him and everywhere he goes will be blessed through him and his kids will go in his ways blah, blah blah and then continuation of conversation about Sodom. I mean, it's just a weird place to put it. Like, what's the connection?
1: Well, I think the connection is is because, I mean, I don't know what you mean connection, but it, you might want to say, like, why is uh, God showering Abraham with, like, these accolades right now? I mean, if we it's want It's an to- odd
0: place to put it. If you're either going to start the piece with, you know, uh, maybe God making a reflection or bringing up again who Abram is to him and to the world... And then, how could I not tell Abraham about what's going to go in Sodom? And then God tells avra I'm going to destroy Sodom. And then they argue about it.
1: That's what is what happens.
0: No, first it says, how could I not tell avra about Sodom? Pause.
1: Because all that. of these. No, because of that. But reason. why?
0: But, but what, why does that have? Why is it connected to that? Just saying. Just, just cause you're because gonna be, you're going to be. Because who cares about gonna what bless. happens in Sodom? Right, what's the connection then?
1: That's it, because Avram is being made, is being brought in to partner with God into the welfare of the world because he is a person who is impacting on the world by what he does because he cares about the world because he feels that the world needs to be cared for just like God cares for the world. We need to care for the world and the people in it and we need to shower them with love and chesed and rachamim just like God does and we need to teach them just like God gives us the ability to understand him so we can get the greatest good out of life and we could live good lives, right? So Avraham wants to do that also to people. He doesn't want to just give them food. He wants them to make them understand the importance of appreciation, the, the importance of understanding the source of things, to understand the importance of questioning things and getting to the source and finding truth, All these things is what Avram Avinu wants to do, and therefore the 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 Torah says that God, as if as He is saying about Avram, how can I not include Avram Avinu into this, into what's going on? Because Avram Avinu is like my partner. He, he. Let's see what he could do about this. the 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 welfare of the world will depend on mankind as well. People like Avram, who are doers, Mm -hmm. do for the world, right? He understands the importance of deed over creed. He understands the importance of doing things in the world, because ultimately by doing things, that's how you affect the world, right? You can think a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. but you're not gonna leave much of an impact Um, because it's selfish ultimately, it's just for you. Your thoughts are for yourself and nobody could really know your thoughts. And maybe that can bring you close to what you think is divinity, but if you don't share it through deed, through what you say to others, through your gestures towards others, um you are not going to impact on the world in the same way so mm-hmm. avramavinu who is that person Hashem says okay this is what's going on and of course avramavinu um, rises to this challenge as well and he starts saying I guess I'm being informed because I'm supposed to care about these people right I'm, I'm supposed to intervene to my best ability to see what I can do to save these people right it's not just like there's misery in the world, and like, Hoham, now let me get back to my regular scheduled program. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's about me. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's for me. It's like, I need to react. If I know what's going on in the world, I need to react. And Hashem is giving him privileged insider information, saying this is what's really going down. If he Avinu wouldn't have been in, you know, informed, the the city just would have been destroyed, and there would have been nothing to do about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is, this is like a little bit of like a chidush for me, because I, I it, skidush. a skidush because you're. It seems the way I'm understanding is that your Abraham is not really just a the the uh, flag. What's the person who holds bearer. the flag at the beginning? Yeah, the flag bearer for the Jews, but it's, he's a worldwide figure, which, I, which I, I, don't think I've ever really thought of, or, Av Hamon
1: Goyim, that's why it's called Av Hamon Goyim, hmm, and today, he is the father figure of Christians, and Muslims, really,
0: right, um, so doesn't that then also leave, I think that, that also brings us to call, though, what, speaking of, we were talking last year, last, uh, last episode about chosenness, and what that means, and, if we as Jewish people are living up to chosenness, I think it calls into question again that thought like, are it being the children of Avraham, who is the father of nations and who is a person who deeply cares about humanity and is not just going to sit around because, you know, the Jews are chill, but everyone else is like struggling. Um, I think it calls us to attention again as to how much do we care about the world around us. And I, I know that you mention it a lot because you definitely... Care about what's happening in the world. You keep telling us to look around us and, and read the news and and understand what's going on in the world because what world events matter and we should be getting involved. Um, so that was a little bit of a chidush for me, over here.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that now. I I, I wasn't. I was going to go a little further in the parsha but the akeda. Because I think that is related to this idea also. I, th- I think that Avramavinu was tested like one level on top of another level in terms of difficulty and then it became dip- more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. And the, the, all the the tests that he got were, as the Ramban points out, is to bring what he had um, essentially internally, he had, you know, uh, like intrinsically as part of him, to bring it out, Lepoel, to bring it to, to actuality.
0: Fruition. Right.
1: So... That's a very big idea of like we talk about in education, you know, that we have a lot of intrinsic qualities and in the idea of education is to bring it to expression, right? So, Ramavino also, his intrinsic feelings about belief were so deep and, and, and deeply rooted that God said, This all has to come out. And the way it was, was brought out is in this, in this great deed of potentially sacrificing his son for the sake of God so so God whatever that means but the point is is that God says I'm gonna test Avram Avinu because he's such he's so committed to the idea of doing things to impact the world this impact that he's gonna have on the world through the Arkeda is gonna be beyond beyond what anything else he's been doing he's done so far it's not just to bring out from the potential to the actual in him himself but it's to bring from the potential to the actual in the world to show how deep belief can be and how deep um, faith and confidence in, in in a relationship can go, that you can go so far as to almost blindly, you know, understanding that this is coming from a loving place for whatever reason and closing your eyes and doing it. But
0: I think that's a huge idea. But it also calls it. It rings a little warning bell in my mind. Um, I guess because after, when we don't talk about someone like Abraham, I guess it leaves us to question how much would we do for the sake of God? And there's this, I think there's dilemma, which I think Rabbi Sachs also has a book, in, in, Not in God's Name, right. Rabbi Sachs, yes, where people do a lot of extreme things in the name of God. Um, so how do we follow the, the footsteps of Abraham and like you're saying put into wow. action strength in, in belief but also what's what's the limit here. I'm saying you can say everything is, is in the, yeah. in the name of God.
1: Well that's that's also going back to the Kuzari in Rabbi Hudalevi, in the book, that's what he says that in order to know what deeds are meaningful, then you need to hear what God has to say about that. Because he's the one who's saying that he's being conscious and uh, connected to, to his creation and to humanity especially. So he's going to be the one. You need to go as close to him as possible to find out what is it in our lives that can be meaningful, which is a little bit what I was asking before, that you get a little schizo about like everything that you do. I mean, certain things are more meaningful than others. I just Someone sent me this ridiculous TikTok about this guy who spent, I don't know how long, but making a sarcophagus, and that he buried in the ground. And you're like, "Wow, sarcophagus!" You know, he made a real sarcophagus. It shows how he made it. You know, it's, he's like a, some kind of a craftsman or something. He made this super duper huge sarcophagus, and it shows where he dug it into the ground, like huge deep hole in the ground, so that hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of years, they'll discover this sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, question is, what did he put in the sarcophagus? And the answer is.
0: Nothing.
1: Spicy Cheetos. <laughs> 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 so spicy Cheetos are suspended. Are suspended by this, <laughs> these like you know wires. Which is like suspended <laughs> in the sarcophagus in the air. That's
0: <laughs> so funny. It's
1: pretty sad actually.
0: It's hilarious. Because the guy himself
1: says, like, I, I dedicate myself to doing meaningless things, and oh wow, <laughs> you know. But it's because it's a tease. Because mm. as soon as you think about somebody, you know, making this whole ceremony of digging something into the ground, <laughs> so that you know, for posterity. I mean, there are ceremonies like that. In Chile, they did a ceremony like that when they made a groundbreaking. So they made a big hole and they dropped like a canister in there with like a. a you know, with like a with like a parchment that has everybody's name signed on it. And really? Yeah, they do these things. So. But it's like it's like cool. ish because it makes you think like what we're doing now is significant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's significant because it puts you in the context of like eternity almost or the right. future.
0: I'm saying whether the paper not lasts, I think that there's something to be said about actions that inspire people with meaning or uh, purpose or inspiration. Um, Okay, we're
1: we're jumping all over the place this week. But once we're doing that... Because there's so many places to jump. Well, we're we're trying to keep... I'm trying to keep a line here. But you you tickled me about something that I I thought I wasn't going to mention. But it it has to do a little bit with what we spoke about last week. And also this week. Um, And it has to do with the the chosenness issue and and about living up to the chosenness. right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we kind of left off about that. Right. So, uh, without talking about the in a, in a, or elaborating about the sources that much, but there is this idea of zechut avot, right? That there's a the merits of the patriarchs, right? That, that we live, the Torah mentions different times that we we live and survive and thrive because of the merit of the patriarchs, right? Which mm-hmm. basically means that God started His relationship with uh, mankind in a very special way. Um, by communicating his, his understanding to, of what mankind should do to whatever man, to the extent mankind can understand through the patriarchs, right? Which eventually turned out to the Israelite nation, okay? The B'nai Israel. Now, Zachut <clears throat> Avot is, in my mind, connotes that if we live up to the standards of behavior... Of the patriarchs, so then we can enjoy the um, <coughs> we can enjoy the merit and the fruits of that relationship. Right? But if we aren't yeah. living up to it, so we don't have scout avot, right? And, avot, and so the, the Gemara <laughs> says there's there's a sheet in the Gemara that says Tama avot, a very depressing thing that says that the the era. Of living in the shadow of the Avot, because we are emulating the Avot, has ended. We do not live in the in the in the uh, bask in the glow of the zchut Avot of the of the merit of the pen. But says one of the commentaries in the Gemara. But we do lotama brit Avot, right? but the covenant that God made with through, to, through the uh, patriarchs has not ended.
0: Hmm. It brings to mind a question that uh, uh, one of my girls asked in in our Parsha classes. You know, God destroyed the world once and then he dispersed a bunch of people and then he killed Sodom. And it's like, how do we know God's not going to destroy us? Or how do we know really that the Christians or the Muslims aren't right and that we were chosen and now we're not anymore? Um, So what you're saying now is that there's there's a firm belief uh, that once God made a pact with us, that it's irreversible.
1: Right. That we did mention last week, mm-hmm. that there is this idea of the pact, right? And a pact is, a, is, a, is, a, is an agreement. In other words, the, the agreement was done in Harsinai at the receiving of the Torah. And that's an agreement which means God is committing himself to, 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 to maintain a special relationship with us. But what, what I would like to add at this point is that I think there is a ramification. Clearly there is a ramification. I was never able to pinpoint it, but I think I have now. As to what difference does it make if we're living in the glow of the Sichut Avot or we're just living in the in the Brit Avot, right? What's the difference between living in the because of the merit of the of the patriarchs or in because of the because of the pact, right? Or the treaty or the pact of the of the Avot, which eventually you know concluded with Har Sinai, um, is basically the idea that God committed Himself to us so we can relate to Him. as we relate to Him in a special way and maintain a special relationship, right? In other words, we can do things that have greater meaning in in, in terms of relationship with God because of our our pact that He made with us, right?
0: Like the way we start Shemona S. Right, like
1: v'yitem li leilokim. V'yitem lachem In other words, God says, I'll be for you for a God, which means that my my, my closeness to you will always be felt if, if through the Torah, etc through the deeds of following what, what God's instructions or his manual was or what's meaningful in the world. However, um, the idea of living, like we were saying before, with the mission of impacting on the rest of the world, that I think is what we've lost. In other words, the mission given to Avram Avinu, like we just mentioned, was that Hashem said to Avram. I'm including you in the mission that you are taking on, should you choose to accept it, to uh to impact on the world, to to worry about the world, to take care of the world, to be a light to the world. Your mission is towards the world as well. Right? You need to be that ambassador to the world. And I think that as long as we are representing the values. Of the patriarchs, we could possibly still have said that we have that mission, but I think once we lost that, which was already thousands some years ago, what that means is that we our major mission is to just maintain ourselves. It's to maintain ourselves as good people. We could, of course, make kiddush Hashem by the things that we do, but it's not our stated mission anymore. You understand? It's like if somebody says to you, um, I, you know, you, I see you have a family, but I, I have a special mission for you. You know, you need to save the, whole, the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see in these silly cartoons or movies and stuff like that. You know, I'm out to save the world, honey. You know, the mission. What are, they, what are those cartoon people? The, the Incredibles? Incredibles, right? <laughs>
0: Where is yeah. my super suit? Right.
1: <laughs> Going <laughs> to save the world today, whatever, you know. And then you go back to your family and take care of them too, right? No, we, we don't do that anymore. We don't have the heart and the soul to do that anymore. Our major mission is to make sure that we can maintain ourselves, the Jewish people, a, the relationship that we are, we're privileged to have with God by following the Torah, by doing illuminated acts, uh, enlightened acts. And if by and by those things... Impact on the world, then that's great. That's like an extra plus. If we can care about people enough, because we're making, uh, uh, you know, medical breakthroughs here, and we want to share with the world, that's great. Because that's wonderful. Because you care about people. Because we want to share. But that's not. It's uh, flies in the face with what a lot of not religious people say, and that's why this is like a little bit of a. Contested, uh, controversial thing that I'm saying, but I, I believe that this is what's being expressed over here. We don't, as Jews, we don't say our job is to impact on the world, and I'll even say to you a little bit stronger. To say otherwise, I think, is arrogant. <laughs>
0: saying you're 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 pushing back on the Tikkun Olam exactly. movement. Exactly,
1: it's actually arrogant, I think, because. Who the heck cares? Who's asking the Jews? What do the Jews say about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that hasn't happened in a long time, if it ever did. Mm-hmm. If we ever had a chance, maybe in the times of Shlomo HaMelech, when people came to seek his advice and his kingdom, and, and at that point, maybe you know there was a time. But uh, certainly, many many years after that, and certainly today, uh, the, you know, what, what are the, we're not. We're just another voice. It's not like people are are, are anxiously waiting. It's not like the world is anxiously waiting to hear what the Torah has to say about stuff. Perhaps people would be more interested if we were better ambassadors and and more clear about our vision on, on life. And I'm sure people have tried. You know, I know I'm thinking of some authors that have made it their mission to write books that will that in their minds will impact on the world. They're doing its impact on the world.
0: I think uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs did a really good job of being one of those people who actually really did have the capability and the gift of being both a role model within the Jewish world and also without.
1: But again, I, I don't know him. I never knew him. I don't, I don't know what he thinks about th- what he would have thought about this. But I don't think he felt that that was his major role. I think he thought he was a Jewish community leader. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was trying to lead his flock. And if leading his flock meant that he needed to represent the flock to the larger non Jewish community, like to the House of Commons, so then good. Then he was going to put the best face forward. Um, But it's not like he dedicated himself to that. It's essentially um, to, to, you know, to quidar, it's to uh, watch over the flock, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that at one point in time, I, I had a Rebbe who, Rebbe Shapiro, all of us Shalom, used to say that there's this uh, cataclysmic moment where, you know, four great scholars go into the pardes, right? And it's maybe it wasn't at one moment, who knows exactly what it means, but it basically means that there were these four scholars that in their own way, each of them was like clairvoyant or illuminated, and they got to great high high levels of understanding the universe and God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some sometimes we would call that you know the paradise, you know, the secrets of the universe or whatever it is. And um, it says that story to say that only Rabbi Akiva, you know, nikhnas like he, he went in in peace and he came out intact, right? But but basically he understood from. What he understood about this episode is that what it was saying is that the, th- the other three did not come out intact, which basically means that it, w- it wasn't going to happen. You know, imagine these like sci-fi movies where these four superheroes get together and they lock hands and they need to bring the beam of energy to save the universe. And one of them freaks out and whatever, and one of them whatever, and one dies and, and the other one flips out. So basically, it's broken the chain, and it's saying that that's it. It's not our mission anymore to try to save the world. Mm. It's um, so. I don't know how we're gonna leave this off right now. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) sure. I mean, if we listen over to this thing, we're probably be confused about what we were saying. But I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to, am trying to make a like a elo conductor a uh, common denominator through this whole thing, which connecting it, line.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which
1: is basically the idea of Avraham Avinu being chosen for being curious, and also for understanding that the ramification of God's existence means that there is meaning in what we do, and therefore, and there's a he, need to do, and therefore he created a religion, on based on the need to do things, not just to think things or to believe things, but to bring to fruition the things that you understand and that you believe. And God himself was instrumental in bringing that out of Avram himself through the Nesionot, through the tests. And Avraham Avinu himself, because, because Avraham Avinu himself was dedicated to that idea. So like, like it says, like if you show that you have talent and interest and desire and, and initiative in a particular area, you're going to be given more if that's really what you want. You're going to be given more in that direction so that you can accomplish more. More than yeah. if that's what you want,
0: if, if that's right. what you're doing.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens to a huge
0: Right. Huge, huge uh, call out or shout out for people who are like, I don't know if I should do this. If you're good at it and you want to do it, go for it. And doesn't mean necessarily that you'll be the most successful, or you make the most money or whatever, but I think that in general I don't feel like I'm gonna make a big statement here, but <laughs> I feel like you don't really go wrong with investing your time and energy in what you feel like you're good at, you're successful at, and what brings you a sense of purpose and meaning. I think it's well, a good you, risk to you, take.
1: You took that to like a, you know, coaching humanistic level.
0: <laughs> As I tend to do.
1: <laughs> Could be. You can ponder the zucchini.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make a soup of those. Okay, Anywho, good Shabbos, everybody. We hope that this gives you lots to think about. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or anything, please, uh, please let us know. Our link to our email is in the comments, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Goodbye, everybody. Be blessed. And that's a wrap, my friends. We hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week and we'll catch you next time.